from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. I'm Dave Ramsey, your host, Dr. John Deloney. Ramsey Personality is our co-host today, number one best-selling author of the book, Know, Own Your Past, Change Your Future, and the latest one, Building a Non-Anxious Life. He's also the host of the Dr. John Deloney Show, where we talk about mental health issues and relationship things. So we're here to help you today, guys. Merry Christmas. Glad you're with us. Ozzy is up this hour. Ozzy's in El Paso, Texas. Hi, Ozzy. How are you? He's going off the rails. Good to you, Phil Dave. Thank you for uh, taking my call. This is really awesome. Cool. I was going to make an Ozzy Osbourne joke, but I screwed up. So there we go. What's up, Ozzy? (laughs) Hey, guys. I started listening to you guys like uh, about three months ago with my wife. Uh, We saw you guys on YouTube, and I think this is the best thing ever. Well, thank Um, you. Thank you, Dave. Uh, so we're working on uh, baby steps, and basically we have about $25,000 in student debt and $20,000 in car loans. And um, basically my question is, should I extend my lease in my apartment to pay those off and then get a house? Yes. Or should I put a down payment? Okay. Yeah. You, you, okay. I, we tell folks not to buy a house while you're in debt because it's okay. going to cause you to buy a different house than you would buy if you were debt-free. And if you move into a house with a bunch of student loan payments and a car payment, the first week you're there, the hot water heater will go out. Mm, Okay. Yeah. You just, you want to have everything cleaned up to where when you move into the house, the house is a blessing. So yeah, extend your, extend your lease and lean in, get on that every dollar budget, cut down to no, nothing on your lifestyle. Let's get this debt cleaned up as fast as you can. So it sounds like you got 40 something thousand in debt. Did I hear that right? Yes, sir. Okay, and what's your household income? Uh, we make about one hundred and twenty. Okay, so how fast do you think you're going to pay this off? Uh, really fast. <laughs> what's really I fast? Uh, I think maybe eight months. Eight. Yes. I love that. You are down to nothing. I like <laughs> that it. A boy, man. Get it? That's hey. that's intensity right there, man. And be weary of people who know how much money you make and are wondering why you're living like you're living. Right, if you live Spartan, people are going to say like, "Man, you got all this money. You don't need to just put just your head put down your head down and get it done. Keep it going. That's you, right. man. That's a, that's the number right there. I love it. You can do this in one year or less. I'll call on you a stud. Okay, have at it. Do it. That's the best thing you can do. The faster you get clear, the faster you get to save a down payment and an emergency fund, and the faster you get your house. And so you're probably about two years from buying a house, which is perfectly fine. No problem with that at all. Charles is with us in Jacksonville, Florida. Hey, Charles, how are you? Doing well. Thanks so much, guys. Really uh, better than I deserve, I guess. And uh, just wanted to say thank you, first of all, Dave. We're on Baby Step 6. We've got six kids, and you've really just changed our lives, our family's lives. So first and foremost, thank you for, for all of that. Well, thank you. Way to go, man. I'm proud of you. Absolutely, absolutely. So quick Quick question for you. We, I'm supporting my, my mom financially. She's got some retirement, but, but really kind of not a lot of savings. Um, we've been able to get her to pay off all her debt and just been very fortunate in, in bringing her on board as well. She does have a $200,000 whole life policy uh, that she got back in 1996. Oh She's gosh. probably put about, yeah, 60000 or so into it at this point. Um, and 
it just jacked up in price. There's no cash value in it. So it's 425 a month, not something that there's no cash value. There's no cash value. Yeah, that's that's I've been looking into it. I I always knew it was there, but I I realized it was kind of a mess. And, um, you know, and and what makes this more complicated is is she and my dad had uh, both got into this um, back in 96 and he passed away about eight, nine years ago. And they had ended his um, policy 10 months before he passed away. So they sunk a lot of money into that one, too. But they couldn't afford it anymore. They, um, yeah. yeah, so, so you know. Okay, this is an not an investment. It's just a bad story. Yes. So just exactly cancel right. it. Just cancel it. Unless and she's, is she terminally ill? She's not, and we've looked at selling the policy. No, and no, don't don't get into viaticals. Just sell it. Just just close it. Just shut it down. Just a bad idea. You got a hole in your pocket. Quit putting money in the pocket. Yeah, absolutely. It's. Uh, is there any way to convert it into a term? I mean, is there anything we can do that? It, it's just no. It's got no cash value. If you convert it to a term, you got a term insurance policy on an old lady. It's going to be expensive. Yeah. I mean, life insurance is based on age. The older you are, the more likely you are to die, and the higher the premiums are. It's a pretty simple formula, right? Absolutely, and she's in relatively good health. Yeah, so, So, I mean, if you try to to get a term policy, that's what you're going to run into is my point. And she doesn't need a bunch of life insurance. She's not supporting anyone. If she passes away, you're taking care of her. Absolutely. I, I should say, I'm sorry. When she passes away, we all are going to pass away. None of us get out of here. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a matter of of timing. And and the bottom line is, is she just owns a bad financial product that she never needed, but for sure doesn't need now. Absolutely. Yeah. Mourning the loss of that sixty thousand dollars. Yeah, that's what's that's what's causing you hesitation. You're still trying to get something out of this. It's a sunk cost. And, and say, God, we got screwed, and Let's I don't go. want to admit it. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I was I was ten at the time or whatever, right? And yeah, uh, certainly that sixty thousand could have grown to a lot more right now. I mean, I, you know, oh, I, it would have been it would have been a ton of money. Yeah, it would have had your mom and dad I mean, both would have had so much money if they'd have bought inexpensive term insurance and done real investing instead of getting screwed by some whole life agent, probably some guy they knew. Crazy that it's legal. And looking back, I mean, obviously, I didn't know any of this when I was ten. But they're the payday lender kind of, of the middle class. Yeah, and yeah, here's the no, de- here's I mean, the deal though. Here's the deal. The first step I put in my book about building a non anxious life is you have to choose reality. Because what you're doing is you're spinning up stories, you're angry, you're thinking about what could have been. I was 10 years old. And all that does is spin up your body, you go to war on a battle you can't fight. Yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no winning here. It's just ending it. Just stop. Just stop. It's just, you know, it, oh, you I, put, I, put a, I put $60,000 in my pocket. There was a hole in it. I lost the $60,000. <laughs> now, what do I do now? Well, you sew up the hole and you don't put any more money in that pocket until you sew up the hole. So we're canceling this stupid thing and run the guy off with a stick. That's all you're doing. It's that it is that simple. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry your parents got ripped off. Yeah, I hate that. Man. But I mean, it's car leasing, uh, whole life life insurance, timeshares. Uh, I mean, these are the things that just eat credit cards or the credit card interest rates. Oh my God, they just eat people's lunch. They just tear them to pieces, man. 
And, uh, you know, when you actually understand how these products work, you go, God, that is a legalized fraud. But it is legal. It's perfectly legal. It's just a horrible product. Never buy life insurance ever that has a savings component to it of any kind. There's not a place. There's not a time that it works. There's only one person that works for. That's the life insurance company. That's it. It's screwing you 100% of the time. Hope I wasn't unclear. Hey guys, it's Rachel. You've heard me talk about Christian Healthcare Ministries, a health cost-sharing ministry, but I want you to hear from one of their members. Abby racked up a lot of doctor bills with a recent pregnancy, but she said CHM shared all of her eligible pregnancy-related medical expenses and their staff was consistently attentive, helpful, and considerate. That's Abby's CHM story, and it could be yours. Learn more and join chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Thank you for joining us, America. Merry Christmas to you. Jason is in San Antonio, Texas. Love your town, Jason. What's up? Thanks start off by thanking you. You've uh, changed my life. Um, on our last three real estate transactions, we've definitely been blessed and we are on baby step seven. Uh, thank God. Way and, to go. um, thank you, sir. Um, we are in a position where we could potentially be looking at a real estate investment. And uh, I know you have prolific experience in investing, and I wanted to ask your opinion on um, setting up potentially a business to uh, invest in, like an LLC or under my name, and then how to properly find uh, investment properties to invest in. And then, uh, obviously, uh, you know, how do we, how do we manage it? Um, you know, do we do flip? Do we do rentals? Uh, what's your opinion on stuff like that? Okay. Um, <clears throat> well, there's a lot of different things you can do there. That's a whole real estate course you're talking about in a sense. <laughs> but the, uh, um, I, as you probably have already figured out, I'm unusual and I pay cash for all mine or I don't buy it. So that's thing one. Uh, I do put all of our properties um, in an LLC, we don't buy residential houses anymore in our situation. We've got a bunch of them, but we're not adding any. When we were buying those, we, uh, would put, uh, up to $5 million worth into an LLC, and then we would form another LLC. The reason for that is if an LLC owns the rental house, the tenant gets drunk and falls off the porch and decides it's your fault and sues you. They have to sue the owner of the house, which is the LLC. Exactly. Okay. And if they were to win, they can take what that LLC owns, but nothing else. So your other assets, like your personal residence, are then protected. So by putting your properties up to a certain point in an LLC and then a it, once the target on the LLC gets too big, you do another LLC. So I've got a bunch of them. Um, <clears throat> like I've got one building that's a $15 million office building. It's its own LLC. Okay. Right. You see what I'm doing? But if somebody yep. falls over there, the worst case scenario, if they get past the insurance, they get past me pipe paying lawyers to sue them for being stupid and so on, 
the most they're going to get is that building. You follow right. me? Yes. That makes so sense. Uh, if you're going to buy a house or two, form an LLC, throw them in there. Now, then as far as whether you're flipping them or whether you're uh, 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 holding them, then that's a completely different strategy in, in terms of w- what you're looking for uh, and what you want to do and that kind of stuff. Flipping has um, been made famous, of course, by cable television. Everybody thinks they're Chip and Joanna. <clears throat> and um, I've probably done 2,000, 1,500 flips in my life, but mostly in another life before I did this. I hardly ever sell a piece of real estate now. I buy it and hold it forever. And so uh, flips are a pain in the butt. Um, because you're basically in the business of renovating properties and reselling them, finding another one, renovating it and reselling it. If you want to do that as your business, that's okay, but it, it's time consuming. You know, you're running subs, you're running paint colors, picking faucets. It's like building a dadgum house. You know, I mean, you're, you're going to pick roofs. You're going to do all these things and then pull building permits. You're going to do all this stuff depending on how much work is being done to the house and in, in the proximity or to a, to a, a, a city, the, the municipality that you got to do that. So you got to go through all that stuff. Um, and and you, after you get through all of that, you can make some money doing it if you bought the thing right. So um, you just decide if you want to do that or not. On rentals, the best rates of return are cheap properties, but they're the highest hassle. In other words, the more expensive the rent, typically the classier the tenant, right? More stable. Yeah, and the more stable. But if you got lower income property, you know, you're having to fight all kinds of other misbehaviors and other stuff in the properties, but the returns are excellent. Uh, so, so right now ha- I'm looking factor. at about hassle factor. 120 125,000 is about what we have left over from the most recent sale. Okay. And I I just parked it in an S&P not knowing what to do with it. Yeah, well, that's we can take that and buy, so you know, buy one or, or if two you want to buy one and flip rentals. it or you and and roll it up into something, but think about what it is you want to own for 10 years if you're buying a rental. Right. And Make from sure personal experience, I'll tell you 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 know, you're a brand new landlord, you don't want to deal with lower income property. It's a pain in the butt. <laughs> I mean, you, it's, it becomes its own business. It's your own. You have to have a, a, a brain adjustment when you do it because you have to think different. Um, but, it, you know, all the, all the residential I have today is, is really high-end single families. And I don't know how. I got like 10 or 15 of them. I don't have a bunch of them. Most of our stuff is commercial. But, uh, but uh, uh, so all of that to say, you just got to decide what you want to do. The, but the more um, – don't underestimate the hassle factor of what you're stepping into. A flip is a big hassle. I'm telling you, you can make some money, but it's a job. Uh, you know, dealing with lower income people, you can make a great rate of return, but it's a hassle. It becomes a job, and it requires a cultural adjustment in your brain because they're. It's a different um, psyche that you're dealing with as a customer, and so um, you know. By and large, not all the time, but as a generalization, uh, call it a stereotype if you want to. But then, uh, uh, and then the same thing on the other end. So, but if you're going to buy something to hold, look at it and go, how's this going to age in 10 years? Is it already 50 years old? Ooh, 
then it's going to be 60 years old when it's 10 years from now and you're going to start to you know so how old are you dave i know but i'm talking about houses <laughs> i mean i look at the house i grew up in and i think that stinking house how old it is now oh yeah you know i mean wow i wouldn't buy that house no oh, yeah uh, uh, you know I, that's that's old <laughs> yeah <laughs> same thing when i grew up in yeah you know so that that's the thing but it's a great question um and uh and but i think the biggest mistake this frenzy we have john of people and jason the people we have out here wanting to buy real estate right now the biggest mistake is is that they they probably understand about 10 percent of how hard it's going to be when i like the way you're framing it because you're saying you're asking what life do you want and then we're going to we're going to buy a house or flip a house based on that because if you want to get in there and get your hands dirty and deal with knocking on doors and hey you can't do this and you can't light fires in the yard what that's a life right yeah. and so people can't, you can't it. run drugs out of our house that's right you and know. if you want to mess with subs and have fun with doing that and flipping it and pick faucets and that brings you or your whoever your business partner's joy knock your lights out but that's a different kind of life right yeah yeah if you want but, to set the, it and forget and I, it. I, I, but this idea on TikTok that you can just buy houses and I've got this passive income. People who say passive income on real estate are morons. Right. There's nothing passive about owning real estate. It's active. Right. It's, it's very active. So There's not. I don't own a single piece of property that's passive. Right. And I own about several hundred million dollars it's, worth. It's oh my very, God. It's not passive. It's there's, just there's nobody, crypto. There's nothing that uh, – what passive is is mutual funds. They send me a statement in my inbox. <laughs> that's all I deal with. There's that, that's passive, but no, there's not any. There's no real estate passive income. That's a that's a that's somebody trying to sell you a get rich quick seminar on TikTok or TikTok or whatever the flip it is. You know, so that that's the you know you, you just real estate is a wonderful investment, but do not go into it, folks, with rose colored glasses. Think it's going to be easy. It's a process. You're going to get rich quick. It's not quick. It's not easy. There's a hassle. It's not a pro. It's a problem. It's you know. It's like starting your own business. It's the it's the meanest boss you'll ever work for in your life. The guy will work you into the ground. You know. Don't start your own business and think it's going to fix all your problems. It just makes all your problems come home to on your plate. This is the Ramsey Show. Hey, listen up. When we invest, most of us have no idea where our money is going. But the reality is your investments could be funding social and cultural causes that you would never choose to support. With Timothy Plan, you can avoid putting your hard-earned money into things you don't approve of and invest in companies that line up with your values. With Timothy Plan's pro-life, pro-family filter, you can invest with moral responsibility while going after competitive returns. So while it's still true that you can't serve God and money, you can make your money serve your values. Contact your financial advisor today to see if Timothy Plan is right for you. Visit timothyplan.com for more information. Investing includes risk, including possible loss of principal. Before investing, carefully consider a fund's investment objective, risks, charges, and expenses contained in the prospectus available at timothyplan.com. Read carefully before investing. Mutual funds distributed by Timothy Partners, LTD, and ETFs distributed by Foresight Fund Services, LSC. Dr. John Deloney, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. We're so glad you're here. Jeremy and Dalphin are with us on the debt-free stage in the lobby of Ramsey Solutions. How are you guys? 
Bless. Bless better, better than, than amazing. amazing. I love it. Very fun. Where do you guys live? Waxahachie, Texas. Which is? It's about 20 minutes south of Dallas, just off 35. Okay. Off 287. Yeah, exactly. Look at you Texas people talking code. All right. I love it. Way to go, guys. Congratulations. Welcome to Nashville. Merry Christmas. How much debt did you pay off? $128,849.83. I love it. How long did this take? 57 months. Okay. Way to go. And uh, your range of household income during that 57 months? Um, it was 65 k to about 110 k Neat. What do y'all do for a living? We're, we're, we're both teachers, uh, and I'm actually a high school football coach. Oh, wow. Very good. Good for you guys. So what kind of debt was the 129? Uh, it was a mixture of school loans. There was a, we, I owed something to the, uh, some money to the IRS. There was a car loan, uh, credit cards. There was an old medical bill uh, and a past uh, eviction from my college days. Okay, cool. Very good. Way to go, you guys. Excellent. So uh, what happened 57 months ago? I was uh, just, I was actually teaching uh, like multiple math classes. One of them was a financial math course. And I was just kind of during my lunch break, I was scrolling through Facebook and the Rachel Cruz show came up and I was just kind of listening to her. And then uh, she had Chris Hogan on and they talked about uh, the the third job for being millionaires is a teacher. Mm -hmm. And I I was always a person that I was like, oh, well, I'm just never going to make it or I'm just going to always be broke because I'm a teacher. And then so when I heard that, I was like, okay I, I'll, I'll i'll bite like let's hear about this and then that's when i started listening to your show more and i i got hooked immediately and then i kept trying to convince her and she was not really having it <laughs> yes i was like a budget what and then after a while you know we started talking about our dreams and things like that and i was like okay i'll bite so okay and then yep. right after that we uh we I, I finally convinced her to let me uh buy fpu uh-huh and then she decided to go on a spending spree that weekend yes <laughs> of course yeah that's well you gotta eat chocolate cake when you start your diet yeah. right? yes yeah. okay all right so but we we ended up binging basically all nine episodes in probably about four or five days okay so we like we didn't have a, a group to really get plugged into so we just started listening and i mean af- after the first lesson she was hooked and we were like all right let's go oh wow so once you're on you're on yes yes okay all right and then we you, two teacher salaries you plow your way through one hundred twenty nine thousand bucks uh well she actually wasn't a teacher at first okay she uh i was actually um wanting to we had moved up to houston so that i could go to optometry school after mm-hmm. we both graduated from college and then i changed my mind during covid because mm-hmm. <laughs> i was also um working um for an optometrist and shadowing him and i realized that um you know my passion is to help people Mm -hmm. and to serve people and i felt that i could still do that through teaching Mm -hmm. so that's why i changed my mind and we plowed through that and um, getting my teacher served and i started just focusing and um teaching kids and we started focusing on that debt and we ended up taking up extra jobs on the weekends and everything so our shirts yeah we we worked at uh gateway church we worked in the children's ministry so yeah okay yes pastor morris a good friend of mine yes they're good people (laughs) way to go guys good for you guys i'm proud of you so what was the hardest thing you guys fought about over almost five years 
Uh, what? I mean, there was. Multiple. She looked at you like she knows exactly the answer, and you are looking like we, we never fought. Everything was great. Um, go you ahead. go. Okay, for me, it was having to stick to the budget was the hardest thing for me, and I felt like I was always trying to push push it push the nodule on trying to spend and trying to be socially acceptable all the time and feeling that I always cannot be empty-handed because that's the way I was I grew up you know if you you know show up to family get-togethers or birthdays or even you know if you're at your job and they have like a party and you have to bring something and I always felt that pressure of we have to spend so that we can keep up with everyone and I realized that I had to just stop caring about that so much and focusing on our dream together and being mm, out of debt. That's powerful. How has your marriage changed over the five years of working through this? Uh, well, we actually, uh, starting off our debt-free journey within the first three months, we were actually on the rocks. And so we actually went through marriage counseling like almost immediately after we started FPU. Wow. And uh, like about two months after we started marriage counseling, I actually lost my job. And so just to make ends meet, I ended up getting a job uh, as an assistant manager at McDonald's. Uh, this is when we were living in Beaumont. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, I mean, ever since then, though, I mean, like our communication has gotten better. Money, I don't feel like ever was like the biggest fight. It was always just something lingering. It was always usually just kind of communication errors. Yeah. And uh, then uh, <laughs> it w- we had arguments about cars, too, because <laughs> you- you'll like this one. So... Uh, Throughout our entire debt-free journey, we went through 10 vehicles. Good Lord. Nine of them were in the first two years. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we, we had You're a, driving junkers or throwaways? or So we init, uh, starting off, we had a sh- uh, 2015 Chevy Cruze and a 2004 Mitsubishi Lancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, soon Bo- as I, both a piece of junk. Yes. So uh, the, sh- the Chevy Cruze uh, we ha- was the one we had a loan on. So after I lost my job, we sold it. And then we ended up getting a, a 99 Toyota Camry. That's better. Ah, so, boy. And so when we moved to uh, Houston, I actually uh, wrecked the Mitsubishi Lancer. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> wow, you are not coming out the hero in any of this. Oh, no, uh, it gets better. It gets better. So then uh, we ended up getting a 97 Toyota 4Runner. And so, That's uh, not bad. Yeah, so then the 99 Camry, uh, the time it belt breaks while I'm driving sure. up the freeway in Houston. So my dad ended up helping us out, giving us a 2000 Toyota Camry. That's better. And while she was driving it, uh, right after a melted hit, the wheel popped off the axle. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes. So the, my dad felt bad. He gave him then. He, so he brought us a. He almost s- killed his daughter-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How fast were you going? Uh, the speed limit. <laughs> in Houston, no, that's no, not tell the truth because nobody drives speed limit in Houston. <laughs> well, it's a, it fact. was a back road, so. Oh, okay. I had to be careful. I'm not used to being yeah. on back roads all the time. So, well, well and because the thing was, is like she was driving to Beaumont from Houston, which is about an hour and a half to two yeah. hour drive, because yeah. that's where her job was. Hard to do it on three wheels. And then uh, <laughs> yeah. we were living on the north side of Houston. I was actually working on the south side, which John, as you know, Houston is an hour away from Houston. That's right. So I was actually getting up at four a.m. in so the morning. In the middle of all this bullcrap, <laughs> how many times did you almost quit getting out of debt? Uh, too, too many times to, yeah. to really yeah. count. <laughs> so what, was, what, what caused you to stick with it? That's it, amazing. I'm impressed. Um, for us, it was just having those dream talks yeah. and rewatching it's the lessons. It's worth the trouble. It's worth the trouble. Now that you're there, 
and you look back on all that stupid car i mean that, that's like a book you ought to write a book on bad cars <laughs> the bad car experience uh was it worth it yes 100 <laughs> percent. i wouldn't trade it for anything i would do it all again you need to write all those cars <laughs> down in detail so you can tell your grandkids because you'll forget them I've had to go back and figure out what cars I've owned over the years, and I didn't go through 10 in 10 months. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's incredible. Way to go, you guys. I'm so proud of you because the perseverance that you built and the locking arms, even though you hated every moment of it and at times didn't like each other while you're doing it, you still – what the calluses that you built, you're going to be able to do anything you want to do with your life. Yes. I'm so proud of you. So very cool. All right, count it down, guys. 129000 paid off in 57 months, making 65 to 110. Let's hear a debt-free scream. Ready? Three, two, one. We're, We're debt-free! Free! Woo! Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> That's how that works. This is The Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day, Proverbs 16, 28, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. Thomas Sowell says, you can't stop people from saying bad things about you. All you can do is make them liars. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> All right. Patrick's with us in Nashville. Hey, Patrick, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Uh, hey, Do- hey, Dave. Hey, John. It's good to be talking to y'all. You too, man. How can we help? Yeah, uh, first of all, and I'll be quick. First of all, I just wanted to say thank you for the work that you all do, you and your entire team. Um, I'm on baby step number two still, so very early on in the process. But I can already tell you what education you put out and the things that I've learned from you all have changed my financial future. And honestly, even more than that, my kids and maybe children's children's financial future. So thank you. Well, thank you, Patrick. We're proud of you. How can we help? Yeah. Uh, so I guess my question uh, ultimately falls around manual underwriting. I want to give a little context. I work in higher education, so Dr. John knows my world very much. Um, essentially, my question is regarding a potential job opportunity. Uh, there's a position that I've been asked to apply for. I am applying for it. Uh, that essentially would give me free housing, um, uh, meal stipend, phone bill paid for. So cover a lot of my essential expenses. And essentially, I'm wondering what that looks like with if I do go through this entire process, become debt-free, no credit score, uh, figure out if that affects any way negatively manual underwriting. No, it does not. not a, I did the exact thing. I lived on campus. I, I had all my bills taken care of. It affects nothing. It's all good. Yeah. Take yep, advantage yeah. of that Work. glitch in the matrix and pay off everything you own, put tons of money away and um yeah. Manual yeah, underwriting yeah. does not require a rental for it to be okay. approved. Uh a rental gotcha. background. Now, it, it um if you have pay, you know, if you've paid rent, they're going to want to see that. But mm-hmm. but you, in this case you're not. So, for instance, another place you would have this happen is if you were in the military and you're using you're using base housing. Okay, yeah. that wouldn't count against you. It just becomes part of your compensation at your job is what it amounts to. So it's very explainable because the essence of manual underwriting is, is that instead of looking at a number that says you mm-hmm. that you can pay your bills, they're actually looking at your life. Okay. 
can you pay yeah. your bills? And manual means a human being is making a value wisdom judgment on behalf of the mortgage company and saying, okay, I've got this piece of information that says he can pay his bills. I've got this piece of information that says he can pay his bills. I've got this piece of information that says he can pay his bills. And that's what they're looking for. When I was a a pup at 18 or 20 years old in the seventies and eighties selling real estate, we would take, there was no FICO score. We would put a house under contract with someone and we would take them over to the savings and loan, the bank, and they would sit down and say, all right, sign this. It's a verification of deposit. And they would mail it to the bank to verify that you had a deposit. Sign this. It's a VOE, a verification of employment. They would mail it to your employer to verify your income and that you had a job. Sign this. It's a verification of that. And they would gather these data points, and then they would look at them and go, this guy can pay his bills. There was not any shocking uh, revelation out of a magic number that somehow falsely said you were eligible. And so that's what's going on here. That's the essence of the idea of manual underwriting. And that'll put you right where you want to be. I'm proud of you, Patrick. Go take your job, man. That's great. Yeah, go get it. Get it. That job changed my family's life. So go get it. Where were you? I was in Texas and I was over, I would have been his boss and I had an empty apartment. And this is when my wife and I decided, hey, if we sold our house, we moved in this house, we could pay off everything we own in the next. So we paid off a jillion dollars. Oh, so you sold your house and moved into the It moved into an apartment. And that was provided. That was provided and it had all the bills. And then Hank had uh, 175 college students as his, as his roommates in the building we lived in and ended up being a pretty magic uh, year for us. Wow. Yeah. Very interesting. But it, was, it transformed our lives. Denise is with us in Houston, Texas. Hi, Denise. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, Dave. Hi, John. Thank you guys so much for taking my call. It's my birthday today, so I'm definitely happy to... Happy birthday! Ah, thank you so much. Um, my question is, I am wondering if I should... Or how I can get out of uh, my car situation. I currently have a 2020 Kia Forte. Uh, negative equity in it. Unfortunately, I purchased it last year and I just feel like it's draining the ability for me to be able to make, um, have higher savings and just kind of get, get to a better place. What do you owe I don't on really it? know if it's, uh, 22,000. Okay. What do you make? 57,000. Mm-hmm. And, uh, what's your car payment? Car payment is 460. Okay. And, uh, so what do you think it's worth? Uh, from KBB, I looked up, it's worth about 14 grand, 13 or 14 grand. That's trade in. No, she rolled in negative equity. Oh, you rolled in negative equity. Correct. Oh, I missed that part. Oh, geez. Okay. So the, is that private sale? You owe 14? Uh, yes. Private sale. <sighs> or it's worth 14. I'm sorry. Uh, so you're eight in the hole. I would owe roughly eight K. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought maybe, you know, pretty soon I could start trying to double up on payments and get out of my, um, my balance sooner. My How much other debt do you have? 6K in student loans, 2100 in a credit card. That's it. Okay. No, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to work your debt snowball, pay your minimum payments and, and pay everything you can on your smallest debt. And then when that was gone, pay everything you can on your next smallest debt. That's $10,000. Clear that. Um, and then when you don't have those two payments anymore, then we're going to tear into this car and we're going to pay 
not double payments, but triple, quadruple payments or whatever. You know, pay $3,000 a month on it. I don't care. And let's just get it paid down because it's, the car is not the problem. The car before this car is the problem. And so you're not solving the math problem when you go from 22 to 8. If you go from 22 to 2, you'd be solving the math problem, right? Right. But you're not, you don't make enough headway here by getting rid of this, by sacrificing this car. In this case, what I would do is just tear into it with a vengeance and say, okay, I've got, um, you know, $32,000 worth of debt. I make 57. I'm going to work six jobs, do nothing, go not go out to eat. I'm going to pour everything I can get my hands on onto this 57. I mean, onto this $32,000 worth of debt. And in 18 to 24 months, I'm going to be a hundred percent debt free car and everything. And then if you want to sell the car, sell it, but get it paid off. Perfect. That's kind of what I was thinking. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, you, you got get it. it. Have you been through Financial Peace University yet, Marie? Uh, Denise, I have not. No, I'm sorry, I Denise. Actually, I'm sorry. Ago, I'm looking at the okay. wrong when screen. When I was younger, I did. My family, like, how old are you? When I was, I'm 29 today. That's happy birthday. Hey, we're going to give you a birthday gift and a Christmas gift. I want you to go through Financial Peace University as my guest. Okay, thank you so much. Yeah, I want you to go do that stuff because I, I can hear it in the way you're looking at this and you're, you're, the way you're forming your language. You're actually going to do it. You're, you're going to do yeah, this. Yeah, I am. I'm very passionate, and yes, I definitely want to knock it out. Denise, can I ask you a quick question? Yes, sir. How many years in a row have you been 29? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> All right. A real 29. Well done. <laughs> it's the 33rd anniversary of my 29th, of my 29th birthday. birthday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, happy birthday, Denise. Hang on. Austin will pick up, and we'll get you signed up for Financial Peace University as our guest. Uh, we got about 10. We just passed 10,000 classes that were taught this year. Wow. I just did a little video thanking all the coordinators before we got on the air. 10,000 classes. 10,000 classes were taught this year, and uh, it, it gets away. The numbers are, are astronomical. Staggered. I mean, that's it's a lot of people. Yeah. And um, we're starting to add up now how much um, charity has been given by all these people. And it's, it's uh, astronomical how much of the economy you can affect by doing something like this. <laughs> That puts us out of the Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Jesus.